0: Humans love comfort, we love easy. We'd all rather spend the day binge watching Netflix with a pile of junk food because it feels good. But feeling good doesn't correlate to whether something is good in the actual sense. Drugs, like weed, crack, all that stuff, not that taking them, of course, because I don't take them, thin. but those make people feel good, but those harm the body. And when you prioritize that sensation, life has a funny way of giving you the opposite. What first appears logical, soon turns into a vice. Then it becomes a steady decline to hell, metaphorically speaking. Spend enough time engulfed by flames and you won't notice that you're melting away. At that point, it's already too late because you've become accustomed to it. The mental trap you fell into became home once the roots of your identity embedded themselves. Roots that proved to be shackled in every escape attempt. Which brings you to a dilemma. Detach from the roots and leave everything? Or keep the attachment but remain put? Leaving your past self behind is no easy feat. Not only does it cause you a lot of pain, but it also requires a lot of sacrifice. This is why most people feel stuck in life. They choose comfort over change. Unbeknown to many, in doing so, they seal their fate. Comfort kills change. It disguises the harmful as harmless and vice versa regarding change. But change is necessary. Yes, change is pain, change is sacrifice. Nobody is born perfect because perfection isn't attainable. However, you can become somebody who you are proud of, that is attainable. Living a happier life is doable, but it comes at the expense of your comfort. The question is, are you willing to endure the pain? Now, this is where we start to go into a bit of biology. Humans are wired to survive and procreate. From a fundamental biological perspective, the goal is to pass on our genes to prevent the extinction of the species. This survival instinct defines our biological and behavioral makeup. While modern society has made significant improvements, it remains fundamental to us. If humans were devoid of technology, meaning we just woke up one day and all technology disappeared, we would resort back to similar types of behaviour as our ancestors. Survival back then was a lot more paramount and it would become that way because there's no technology. Let's just say that technology has made things a lot safer. And if you delve even further into this, the innate need for survival can be traced down to a physiological level This is demonstrated by the scientific concept known as homeostasis. Homeostasis is a state of natural equilibrium achieved through the regulation of the body's systems. Think about it as the body's natural resting state, so as I sit here now, I'm not in any particular danger, my heart rate isn't particularly high, I'm pretty rested and chilled. This is what I'm talking about, this is my homeostatic kind of range. When the body is required to meet the short-term demand of the environment, Then it will adapt outside of its regulatory state so back to the heart rate thing so if i was to get up and start exercising so running on the spot or do 10 sprints or whatever that is my heart rate and stroke volume which is the cardiac output would increase so that it could deliver more oxygenated blood to the muscles but when i stop exercising so when i sit down you'll notice quickly that your heart rate begins to return back to its baseline level this is homeostasis taking effect the body is working to return the body back to its homeostatic range or the resting regulatory stage. This phenomenon occurs because the brain perceives anything outside of its homeostatic state as less efficient and even a potential risk. Your resting state is what your body is accustomed to. However, accustomed doesn't always mean optimal, especially from a modern practical perspective. Remember, from a biological perspective, we are wired to procreate and survive above all else. Biology doesn't adhere to societal or individual beliefs, norms, or concepts. The principles of this scientific phenomenon also extend beyond the mental plane of existence into the spiritual plane. So in this instance, homeostasis can be paralleled to identity and behavior. This is how we behave at our natural resting state. So I right now am at my identity homeostasis. Behavior congruent with our identity is within our natural range whereas behavior that is non-congruent lies outside of it. Unbeknown to most, human survival is as conceptual as it is physical. Conceptual survival is a human phenomenon in which our innate survival instincts have evolved beyond the physical plane of existence and encompass the mental plane of existence, in which we strive for the preservation of our beliefs, concepts, and ideas that contribute to our self-identity. So that was a mouthful, but we're going to break this down. The brain perceives the known as safe, and the unknown as unsafe. Your homeostatic identity is within the safe zone. Therefore, when behaviour moves beyond its natural, known safe state, the body perceives it as dangerous and then you begin to experience discomfort. No matter how advanced society becomes, our goal is to survive. Biologically, we're programmed at a physical and mental level to resist adaptation because we fear the unknown. But the most unfortunate part is change lies within the unknown. Change is unfamiliar territory Change is uncomfortable Change is unknown But that doesn't mean that change is bad It's just undiscovered Like when you travel to a new location Unfamiliarity breeds uncertainty and thus discomfort But through frequent exposure to the new environment It becomes familiar Meaning it's now within your known safe zone This is how the safe zone expands Just like in video games when you explore the dim areas of the map Which is the unknown It turns bright Which is the known and then reveals hidden side missions, objections, and loot. Which brings me to a quote from Albert Einstein. We cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. When you resist change, you resist the potential for a better life and willingly accept a lower quality of life. The reality is most people are unfulfilled with the life they have. They lack hope because they can't see a path to better. But that's the thing, better isn't a path you find, it's a path you create. To obtain better, you must venture beyond your current identity boundary and behave congruent with the type of person that would experience the benefit. Happiness and fulfillment are found in self-improvement. Working towards the superior version of yourself is the highest return on investment you can make. It is the reward. If you aren't pushing your own boundaries in any area of life, you are not growing and you are not staying the same. You are slowly dying in a bubble of comfort, familiarity and repetition. Now, I want to make this clear. Not all discomfort is negative. You'll know this if you go to the gym. When you're pushing as hard as possible on your last rep of squats to failure, I don't doubt that you feel uncomfortable. In fact, comfortable is an understatement. You feel like you're going to die. But to develop your glutes and quads, you need to push your muscles beyond their limit. Even as torturous as it feels, you're willing to put yourself through hell because the long-term benefit massively outweighs the short-term discomfort. It's the literal difference between having a good physique and not having one at all. Yes, there's a lot of short-term pain, but you get the sick physique at the end. Or you can have comfort, but no physique at the end. And although stressful, this type of stress isn't considered negative. So there's two types of stress, distress, which is extreme anxiety, sorrow or pain. And eustress, moderate or normal physiological stress interpreted as beneficial distress is generally viewed as negative stress and eustress as positive. Typically when people refer to stress they're talking about distress because most people just aren't aware that there's two types. So for that reason because people don't differentiate the two they associate everything as stress and perceive it all as negative. So even if it is eustress as we saw by the definition term they still categorize that as negative stress. U- stress generally occurs in response to positive, challenging or exciting stimuli. I want to emphasize the word challenging. Being challenged is rarely a bad thing. Change is challenging. As I mentioned earlier, you are quite literally fighting against your body's innate survival mechanism. That's the whole point. Of course, there's going to be a stress response. That's the point of the system to keep it safe. That's the point of the system to keep you alive. But then again, The brain isn't wired to figure that out. The brain asks one question. Is this causing me discomfort? And if you're doing anything even remotely challenging, even of the slightest, then the brain will fight to resist the change. But now to delve into this even further, there's another side to this. Not only are you fighting your own brain, but you're fighting the brains of others in the form of judgment. A common example of this is attending social events and choosing not to drink alcohol. I know this all too well. Not to say that I'm an alcoholic, I'm far from that, and so are my friends. But when you go out, they will think that something's wrong with you if you don't drink. It kind of puts like a big red arrow above your head. You become the center of attention. Why are you not drinking? Is something wrong with you? Some of the guys will even try to force you to drink. You know, it's just the guys, isn't it? They're like, no, no, man, you need a drink, you need a drink, man. Take a drink, take a drink. This puts you under even more pressure to conform to your homostatic identity if you were trying to act outside of that. That is the biggest reason why people struggle to change, because of social dynamics. There's an unspoken realization that non-compliance to your homostatic identity puts your friendships at risk. When you make the conscious decision to improve the quality of your life, others may not adopt the same view, thus creating friction and a potential disconnect. When you change, the dynamics of your relationships change with it. This forces the other person to stop and reflect on their own actions and whether they're congruent with the type of person that they want to be. By improving yourself, you're essentially lifting up a mirror in front of them, and forcing them to reflect. We all know that drinking alcohol has bad side effects, and when your friend decides to stop doing that, it becomes super, super apparent to you. Like, you realize it even more so now. It wasn't as bad when you were drinking with them, because you were all in it together. So you were all blind following the blind. You know, when you're with the guys and just, everyone's just getting fucked up. This forces them to make a change. Because you've made the choice, it forces them to make one too. Change or resist. In some cases, they may change, but the reality is that most people don't. Because you've lifted a mirror in front of them, you've caused them a lot of discomfort. And instead of looking internally and thinking, I need to change where I'm at now to be congruent with the type of person I want to be and have a better life, they shy away from the discomfort and write it off entirely. They experience too much discomfort from the realization of their poor habits and then they begin to pull away over time the relationship fades and then it dies this is the reality for most of us we are forced to make drastic choices but if you truly want better then you must prioritize your well-being and desires as the expense now believe me when I say that is much easier said than done your conscious identity is malleable depending on your desire to change it it might not be the answer you expect but the pain associated with change cannot be eradicated There isn't a magic formula or pill. You just get better at enduring the pain through increased awareness over time. So it's mostly a mindset shift while also understanding the type of stress present. When you have a goal, you create an intention and a why behind it. That is what makes the pain worth enduring. Your why is the driving force behind your desire to change. Find a big enough why and you'll do everything in your power to achieve it. Too weak of one and you'll keep crumbling back into your old self. So here's how you can create your big why. First. Dissect your present situation. Start by observing your daily habits. List down everything that you do. Yes, I mean everything. Then you need to future pace these daily habits to uncover the outcome of them. Analyze the impact of these decisions. Where will you be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? And are you happy with that result? Contemplate this deeply. Seriously, take your time with this. Second, dissect your ideal situation. This is similar to the first step, but we want to uncover our ideal daily habits and then future pace them to see the outcome as well. In this case, the outcome should be positive no matter the time frame. And the longer the time frame, in fact, the better the result should be. A quick test to see if they're good outcomes is that you should be happy with them. If you're not, then it's not your ideal situation. You want ideal, nothing less. Third, bring the future into the present. Now that you have both sets of daily habits and outcomes, The poor habit should be obvious. If you haven't noticed already, this is your do and do not list. Things that you should do versus things that you shouldn't do. Now, take a moment to internalize this so it bakes into your brain. And you may not have even noticed that we've already found the why already. So look closer. If we have the best and the worst case scenarios in front of you, then the difference between the two is your why. You don't want to end up in the worst case scenario because you know that you're capable of achieving the best case. The drive to reach the best version of yourself whilst avoiding the worst is the reason. Don't think this is a list that you look at once and ever again. I want you to put this on your bedroom wall, on your screensaver, on your wallpaper. Put it everywhere to remind you it will come in handy, especially during times of despair. Fourth, build something. At this point, we have a goal and an anti-goal, a superior self and an inferior self. And now you must execute on this knowledge. And you can do so by creating a personal project to work on. And in this particular instance, the project is you. So pick something that you want to improve about yourself. If you're stuck with where to start, consider choosing mind, body, spirit, or income. I covered this in one of my previous videos, Chasing Money is Limiting Your Potential. In that video, I spoke about the modern holistic well-being quadrant, which are those things that I just mentioned. Once you've chosen, you can create a vision and break it down into goals, habits, and tasks. If you need help with that, I've got a free pro-action planner in the description somewhere. Just look down there. It will help keep you focused and accountable. More specifically, if your goal relates to income, then consider starting a one-person business. I made a video on that not long ago. Take a look at that. Change is difficult when you lack the intention and reasoning behind it. Once you realise the grass is greener on the other side, it becomes that much more bearable. Discomfort is not your enemy. Comfort is. The greatness you seek lies beyond it. But the question is, are you willing to make that sacrifice? I'll leave you with that. And that brings us to the end. Like, share, comment, subscribe, follow me on X, follow me on Instagram. If you're a creator, influencer, entrepreneur in general, coach, etc., then there's a link for one-to-one help for brand consulting. So we'll go over branding, marketing, and content, your offer, etc. So yeah, there's a link to work with me in the description there. There's also the link again to my Pro Action Planner, which is a free download and you can take it with you. Last thing, subscribe to my newsletter. That way you will get weekly emails from me the one and only, straight to your inbox. That's everything, catch you next time.